The stars are really bright up there. You've never seen them? I haven't looked up at the night sky in a long time. Pretty. They're not as pretty as you. Uh. Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam Gaiden, Sunrise's Gilligan's Island. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. My name is Zach. And today we have a treat for you. We are going to be watching Cross Ange, Rondo of Angels and Dragons, Episode 5, Ange Lost, or as this DVD says, Ange Lost. <laughs> Angelus. <laughs> Which is... Are you sure this isn't bootleg, Zach? <laughs> no, this isn't bootleg. I know it's this not. This is the official release, right? <laughs> yes, this is the official release. So we're watching it on a Blu-ray that Zach happens to own. And it's got, like, the jankiest menu system. It, menu system's actually not that bad. The it's jankiest. We, we, we were using a PlayStation 4. That's why it's so janky. No, it's actually that none of us know what the buttons on the PlayStation 4 controller do in terms of playing DVDs. Who That's does because that? Because I normally watch Blu-rays and stuff on an actual Blu-ray player, so I don't know what they do. Cross Ange it came out in 2014, I believe late, because it continued on in 2015. And shares a lot of staff with Gundam Seed Destiny. In particular, the director, who also directed Gundam Seed, produced Cross Ange and had a lot of input on it. So there's a lot of visual DNA in Cross Ange. There's a lot of jokes in it, too, that are referencing earlier things. Yes. They do, at one point, go to the Hotel Mulaflaga. That is not this episode. No, it's much later. I'm looking at this. The still we have this frozen on. What is with these weird muscle things on the back of the suits? CGI. I no, it's not even that. It's just like, why does it look like human musculature? Well, what would you we, make an exoskeleton look like? If you're going to make something humanoid, you're probably going to adapt what you already know. No, I'm going to make a bipedal walker like Mech Warrior. That's the Which, easiest do you thing. Know, do, do you know how the uh, mechs move their limbs in that? They use human-like musculature underneath the armor. What? What world is this? This isn't how robotics... It was I mean, in we, the 80s. I mean, we want it to work that way, but it's really hard. Also, Tyler, remember, rule of cool. That is true. These these more look like, uh, like T2 Terminators to me, so... Before we get like all the way into that, I actually have something with me. Um, for you guys. So we'll have probably already talked about this on last time on video games because uh, when we're recording this, we just released the island episode of Gundam Seed. War for Two came out this week. Yep. Yep. So I was doing, again, I was browsing the place I normally buy all of my anime and whatnot from. What? What is that? What it's, is? Th it's called Anime Corner Store. So that's where I get all of my stuff from. And so I found these and was like, oh, this would be perfect. I would recommend not shaking them. Is... Will, will I be horrified? Is this a troll gift, Zach? That depends. How much of a troll do you think I really am? A lot. <laughs> so, Zach, I was afraid I already had this, but this is a different outfit. This is her in her Gundam Seed Destiny outfit, so now they can be friends? <laughs> <laughs> the best I could do was, unfortunately, uh, the smaller size and not the... Um, <laughs> And it's, they're also, unfortunately, uh, they were pre-owned when I picked them up, so. 
I mean, this is literally the same company who made the Lacus Klein one I have. I also have a Flay one, but she's that might be the one box. that he's got. Oh yeah, that is the one I have. <laughs> <laughs> there was another. I was like, huh? They've also got a Mir Campbell one, but I don't know if I'm gonna pay, if, if I want to get that one just because of uh, spoilers. Other yes. Um, I would like to point out that this Lacus I have is holding up a pink Haro. I Mr. have the P. same one. <laughs> I didn't know you already had one. It's that one. It's in Tyler's hands. <laughs> yeah, so I figured, you know, we, we cleared uh, Gundam Seed and... That deserved a present? Well, we cleared Gundam Seed. It's, that it's time celebratory. Tyler got, a new, Tyler got a new job right around now. Your birthday's coming up. I have so many hours at work. There's a lot of stuff going on. So, well, yeah, yeah. Besides, I got to get a decent gift before I can get troll gifts, because otherwise it just becomes too trust easy. Him. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. You got to build up that trust. Lie, see, the way you really get that to work is you give people a real gift, you know, constant real gifts, and then you get them the troll gift, because then it throws them off. Okay, so the first set of these is Kigali, Lacus, and Flay from Gundam Seed. The second one is Lacus, Stella, and Izak. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's another one that has mere... Um, I assume Seed Destiny, Kigali, and Luna. I think so, and I know there's at least one more of them that they had that was in the, like, concert dress. That they had on them at the time, like yeah. so these were these were pre-orders, so they might have already sold it by this point. I didn't get one for me because she doesn't fit with the others I already had. I have zero things of this, so it's actually it's actually kind of a troll gift for me. I do appreciate it because she can go hang out with Ganondorf now. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it. It wasn't meant as a troll gift, so if that's what it ends up being, that wasn't the original attempt. Well, so therefore, I'm not blaming. My, I'm I'm not taking the blame on that one. It's it's somewhere between. It's like seventy five percent not trolls. So well, it was also kind of a theme because we're clear. We we just cleared seed. You know, it's related. That is true. All Thank right. you very much, Zach. This is <laughs> so Cross Ange. I watched all of Cross Ange a little over two years ago now. Uh, in what I described on the Discord as a feverish haze. <laughs> uh, it wasn't quite that. I was watching like an episode a day, and then about five or six in, I got sick and watched it all overnight because I couldn't sleep. I watched it as it came out. Coincidentally, that's how I played Halo. So <laughs> uh, the joke is Tyler has not seen Cross Ange except for I this episode. I have not. Um, and I think I know everything I need to know about this show from this one episode. Nah. So, Zach, in case the listeners don't know everything they know about Cross Ange, can you tell us the story thus far? All right, so the story thus far is we have Princess Angelice Mitsurugi, who has been outed as a Norma, therefore she cannot use magic in a land of magic peoples, and has been banished to fly sweet robots and kill dragons. Well, just well as this, a slave, apparently, yeah, according yeah, you, to the... You forgot the part about the all-female prison that they throw all people who can't use magic in I to was, fight dragons with I giant was, robots. I was getting to that. Like Jeremy uh, said, where, their ban- where their punishment is capitalism. <laughs> yes, th- their punishment ends up being capitalism. And uh... <laughs> okay, what? <laughs> okay, so they live in a perfect magical society because they all have magic. Okay. Um, in the prison, though, you have to buy everything. You don't. You aren't given anything. You have to earn money on missions, and your repair costs are taken out of your paychecks. And so, if you want anything, you have to pay for it. <laughs> okay, yes. so their punishment is capitalism. And before this. On first mission, got the captain and a couple of other people killed, making half the squadron hate her. And so uh, somebody has sabotaged her ride, and she has crashed on a desert island. 
You forgot oh. the part where she got the super prototype because it was the only one they had left. It wasn't necessarily phrased as the super prototype at the time, though. It was just the old broken down one that they had as a spare. And the captain's super jealous of her for some reason. Yes. The new captain. Who's the, not the, the new captain is super jealous of her. And uh, there's also the mother figure who doesn't actually hate her. And then there's Vivian, who's just great. And then the very Sundari girl who very hates her. Yes, at the moment. And shoved all her bras in the exhaust port of the giant robot, which is why it cracked. Well, that's actually a reveal this episode. I thought we saw it happen. I don't think we actually see it happen before this. But Ange definitely finds out this episode. I I don't think it's. I think we are shown that one, but I don't think it's just bras. I I think it's just underwear in general. Before we get into this, I feel like this is important because I was baffled by this for like a good half of the episode while we were watching it. Is there an explanation for why their flight suits are so impractical? <laughs> um, well, uh, I'm going to Teen go... Boys by a lot more action figures of Ange if she's in this ridiculous outfit. Okay, so just... just... I, yeah, I don't think there's ever actually an explanation, although they do hang a hat on it at the beginning of it because she absolutely refuses to put it on initially. To be fair, and this is going to sound like I have lots of gay friends, the one girl I know who has watched this said she did kind of like the flight outfits. I... Just, I don't, and neither do I. I'm a mostly heterosexual male. Me too. So. But like, I would prefer the flight outfits be more like actual practical because they're kind of silly. Although so, I do like most of the other aspects of this. So, do you want to describe the flight outfits, I was, Tyler? Yeah, I was going to try. So, it's like a jumpsuit, except the entire middle down to like mid thigh is just cut out, except for like some random stuff up the stomach area. Also, bikini briefs on everyone for some reason, and also, also like, really low-cut cleavage on the top of it. So, my problem with this is that they fly open-cockpit dragon motorcycles, which are fantastic. I love that. And at high altitudes, where they would definitely freeze to death. Yeah. Also, you know how, like, when you're riding a motorcycle, you want as much thigh exposed <laughs> exactly, to the motorcycle yes. as humanly possible? Yeah, I mean, I do like the, like... Helm, like not helmet, but like the visor that they have attached to it. Like, yeah, I also think that's cool. Kind of cool. But the rest of the flight suit, it just like I do like the series. Don't get me wrong, but those flight suits are really dumb. What I will give them color design on them, excellent. So the flight suits or the mech, the flight suits. Oh, now the flight suits color contrast and like everything about that, great. Just the fact that they were completely impractical clothing, and they're not even just completely impractical. They're not even sexy. I don't understand what's going on with it. I mean, later on, there are a couple of people who end up with good, like, actually decent flight suits, but those are also, like, shorthand for bad guys. So. Oh, yeah, the bad guys get to wear clothes. <laughs> I forgot that. That's weird, because it's I usually... I forgot because TV Tropes kink-shamed me about this show, and I was upset. <laughs> what? So TV Tropes has, says that, like, it's a pretty sexy show, and it's pretty good, until the part where the character who can just give the girl an orgasm with a touch shows up, and then it gets creepy. And I'm like, okay, cool. The one thing I found kind of hot? Thanks, TV Tropes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, TV Tropes. Uh, also, spoilers, that happens in this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all, given this one episode I've seen. Yeah, it, the show Actually, was, it surprises me a little bit, but only a little. It's not like the. It's obviously not the worst show I've ever seen. There are some moments in it where it's like, okay, really? But in general, I like the mecha designs. I like dragons. This no. Is like, 
gold for me on both sides. Like, yes, these are two of my favorite things. What I will say is that just based on this one episode, I love this in the same way I love a lot of trigger shows, and that it's just so stupid, I kind of love it. It doesn't have the thematic base that the trigger shows have. In fact, That's true. Like, its morals don't work in the end. It's one of my biggest problems with the show. Um, its lesson just gets flipped on its head and it doesn't work at all. Well, that's unfortunate. I was gonna say, I love all the characters in this. They all... It is a fun ride, though. That's... I, I That's one of the reasons why I enjoy it. It's, it's kind of it, fun. But is it a kill-a-kill ride? No, no. No, no, no way. <laughs> that show is a that goddamn ride. <laughs> bonkers. And as I said with G Gundam before it, if that show ever comes out at a reasonable price, I will buy it in a heartbeat. I mean, it does end with the main character deciding she wants to destroy all conventions, especially polygamy. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, especially monogamy. <laughs> well, I mean, that makes sense, given how... So, is it the entire world is, like, mostly female at this point, or no, is it just her it's prison? it's just the prison. Only girls sometimes can't use magic. So, only girls are sent to this... Gotcha. ...prison for people who can't use magic. Okay. And she wasn't sent when she was a child, because her parents specifically tried to hide it, by giving her a maid whose entire job was to use mana for her. Also, wasn't she royalty? Yes, which so. is she would have been sent anyway. That's actually oh, really? Yeah, because yeah, there's her parents another are put to death for not sending her. Oh, okay. There, there's cool. another character involved at one point in the series who was also royalty, but was sent because that's just what you do. That that's what you do. You send all your non magics to dragon fight prison. Yes. Okay. And I think that's all the background we need on this, right? That's probably way more background than we need on this. Well, yeah, because Momoko doesn't show up in this episode. What's the name? Is Vivian the like awesome like mechanic girl who's always like sucking on lollipops? That's Vivian, but she's not a mechanic. She's another pilot. Yeah, uh, whatever. I don't you know. can actually she... see her unit. It's the pink one right there. Yeah, she's awesome. I love her, and she's only on screen for like 30 seconds this Vivian's episode. great. Salia is actually really great. I like Hilda, but... Like, we don't get good Hilda yet. No. Good Hilda has been, she's being very Sundari at the end. <laughs> yes. So yeah, shall we get to it? Have we? Let's yeah, do. Let's go. So we start with the, what are the, I can't even remember what these mechs are called. <laughs> Paramail. Yeah, the Paramail taking out the last dragon from the last episode. Uh, and they start giving a damage report. Basically, everyone has minor damage except for Ange, who is lost. No, loss. <laughs> no, it actually does say lost. No, it does say Why lost. Why won't that, was that go true. away? Why are they Vil units? No, it's not Vil. The name of... That's not a unit thing. That's Her oh, unit Vilcus. is specifically called Vilcus. Gotcha. I love that they're trying fighting dragon robots transform into sky motorcycles. It's so cool. It also kind of makes sense since that's supposed to be cruising mode. So, like, it's more uh, fuel efficient. I don't know how much more, but I think that's the idea. I just noticed one of them had like a sidearm strapped to her chest. They all, do. all they, okay. they they're all customizable. That's capitalism. Again, you have to pay money to customize your mech. Like Vivian is has a boomerang. That's her <laughs> signature. Yes, and Hilda has like an axe. Th- that's on the mechs, though, right? I was talking yes. like someone actually uh, had a no, pistol strapped all, to them. They all also have pistols. On. Yeah, okay. that comes up later in this episode. You may recall. Yeah, I thought it was just like something that was in her cockpit. So. And then I, we get the opening sequence. I really like the music of the opening sequence. I don't think it's a great opener, 
but I do why love is, the music. Why is everyone exploding into nakedness? Is that a Destiny thing? This is very rest of episode Destiny. I don't think anyone actually explodes into nakedness. But I have said before, there's a bit in the last Gundam Seed Destiny opening that I literally thought was someone's pervy deviant art. Uh, post for a while until I watched it again. It was like, oh no, this is actually here. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there was the boomerang in the opening. That was good. Yep. Why is that one lady a Ronin? Because uh, she's Atherin. Oh, okay. Yeah, she she is the uh, the Atherin of this series. And then they go Super Saiyan, and yes, then like wing fight each other. Yeah, that's oh. how this plot goes. Fire the space time distortion cannons. Flying through the sky with passion doesn't sound bad at all. Yeah, see, even that outfit right there at the end of the opening, that's like way, way that's better. That's their actual uniform, by the way. Yeah, those are way better. Um, So, as Wikipedia told us, we start with Ange tied up with a boy above her. Also naked. They're both naked. Uh, no, he's actually wearing pants. They're both naked. And he says, I'm sorry, I tied you up just in case. Which is actually reasonable, I think. But it's also kind of creepy. It's only kind of creepy because he was awkwardly shirtless in bed with her for some reason. Uh, so then as he goes to get some coffee, he somehow trips on a discarded wine bottle and lands face first in her crotch. Which happens more than one time in this episode. You want to guess how many times it happens in the series? Don't play a drinking game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I seem to is, have hit back it, it is really, obviously, pervy, but I do kind of like the choreography of him kicking or of her kicking his ass. Yeah, it was actually really well animated. And, you know, she flips him over, breaks the bed. And then tries to run away with all of her flight gear. I do like that she's holding it here. Well, she didn't have time to get dressed. Yeah, because uh, weird super perv. Yeah, no, as much as I make fun of this show, um, that actually seems like a reasonable decision, but she does get dressed on the way, I guess. So she's like, you know what, I'm going to stop in a bush for a second and put my clothes back on. Well, that also makes sense. So she finds her unit, which is just lying on the beach. I'm pretty sure it's the same beach that this guy Grasper crashed on. Probably. And so she goes to investigate the damage to what is presumably, like, the intakes. And a bunch of, uh, yeah, it's a bunch of underwear. It just falls out of the unit. Uh, so, okay, so whose underwear are these? This is Presum- Hilda. Presumably Hilda's? I think she might take her to subordinates' underwear as well. I think it might be a let's all stab her with underwear in her intake so they can't blame any of us situation. Well, given other, given certain other, like, information, it could also be the late captains because Hilda did buy all her stuff. Yeah. Okay. So... so... So Hilda... Used a bunch of panties of unknown origin to clog her exhaust pipes. Yes. Or intake yes. pipes, we're not sure which. The, presumably the intakes on the... Okay. Also, Tyler, thank you for the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm looking at this mech, and it's got a figurehead on the head. Lucas what? is awesome, man. Why? Where else would you put a figurehead? But it's it's like, it's like having a minute, it's like... A figurehead of the entire robot on top of the robot. It's actually not quite that. Um, uh, yeah, no, I can tell that they're different, but like it is basically just an entire that same robot on its head. Honestly, I I kind of dig it. So <laughs> I I love the Vilkis, man. No, this color scheme is great. I dig all that golden there. So anyway, Tusk, or I guess we, we'll just use the guy's name now. He's Tusk. Shows up and it's like, hey, you're mean. That's no way to treat a guy who saved your life. And she starts dance shooting him. 
And obviously his immediate reaction is, I don't mean you any harm. I just tied you up naked. <laughs> and besides, you already shot. You know, she points out that he groped her and all that. I mean, to be fair, I if I found some random person crashed in a military vehicle, I'd probably tie them up. You know, he starts giving the whole, do I look like that kind of person? <laughs> and then he gives a very apt description of what that kind of person would do. And we just see her blushing and getting more and more tense. And one of the other things that the music in the back of this is like super dramatic. Yeah, it Remember? is. It's like the super dramatic score. Like this is some grand, you know, this is the big bad or this is the final confrontation type of music. I, I just really like, he starts out with like, do I look like the kind of guy who would do that? Do I look like the kind of guy who would do all these very specific things? Really? Do I look like that? And she like gets increasingly embarrassed like, and flabbergasted. <laughs> and she's like, that sounds exactly like what you do. <laughs> yeah, so I hadn't noticed before. And Tusk is also wearing sandals. Yeah, no, it's great. He's wearing like a beach shirt and cargo pants and some like flip flops. And oh, crab, there's another crotch fall. A crab oh. pinches his toe, and he manages to fall on her crotch again. I don't understand how this keeps happening, man. I'm not entirely sure how Tusk isn't dead. <laughs> so, this is great. <laughs> we kept to Tusk, like, suspended from a tree, tied up in vines. And then Ange just leaves him there. He's I like, mean, this is an accident. Please let me go. I mean, to... Tusk is actually a legitimately decent person. He just gets really, really presented like as the opposite at the beginning of this. I don't even think he's presented like it. He actually seems like a hapless idiot. Um, yeah, and- I guess that's kind of true. <laughs> also, if you don't know what Tusk looks like, imagine Akira Yamato. He actually Ima- doesn't look a lot like Kira to me. To me, he really did look a lot like Kira. Just a little bit taller. Also longer hair. Also like less round face. So we cut to Hilda in the spa, taking a nice bath, cut over with the sit rep to the commander about how the Vilkis fell in battle, and they need to recover it and the pilot if she's alive. They're talking, that's the mechanic, the purple-haired. Gotcha. And the commander's like, you have to recover Anj as well, even if you just find her body. So they start loading up on the plane, and hey, Vivian and Ursha, a.k.a. Lollipop Girl and Mom, show up. (laughs) And like, hey, we should help too. I like Vivian's thing is like, we should go now or she'll die. And then mom brings a picnic basket. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) boo-boo. And the other two are just like, um, okay. I also love how mom character like flounces up the stairs into the helicarrier. (laughs) So Anj is looking through the cockpit of the Vilkas trying to find a, uh, any kind of emergency rations, which they don't have any. And we get a line that's from the beginning of the uh, series about how the paramails are all just coffins built for Norma. Oh, so I thought that was the name of a character that, like, died or something. That's what they call non-magic users, right? Norma? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I just got that. And it starts pouring rain. So she has to leave the Vilkas on the beach because it's not moving and it's starting to flood. So is she looking around for anything in particular at this point or just kind of exploring? A yummy rabbit. Okay, so anything, because she was looking looking, for rations. I think she's actually looking for shelter. So she finds a tree she can sit on, but unfortunately her thighs are all exposed, and she gets bit by a poisonous snake, you know, in the thigh. (laughs) Well, it was, you know, (laughs) the best part of the chicken. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, it was like the only exposed part. What did she do to the snake? (laughs) She was in its tree. It was actually its nest. It had eggs in there. She didn't notice. Anyway, she's poisoned. And then dies. 
And that's the end of the show, guys. <laughs> Passes out. No, I actually really like this because she's basically like just laying here and she's like, why would anyone help me? I've been a huge douche. Kind of, yeah. But then she gets back up. And then she right in front of Tusk. Ne- next to Tusk. And he's like, hey, you, you doing all right? You look like you're passed out. And she's just like, she just reaches around and is like, help me. And then she does pass out. And then he's like, oh, my voice gives me super strength. And he breaks the <laughs> well, Yeah, with a pen knife. He has a knife. So, like, he does have a way out. It, I do like the idea that he could have gotten out of any time and he just feels like he's in timeout. <laughs> I've always got the feeling more that it's a situation where, like, Tusk could have gotten out because he is kind of a badass. But, but he's like, in timeout. He's he's in timeout and like he doesn't want to make her feel more, more uncomfortable. Yeah, like he is legitimately a decent guy. So th- then we cut to the next scene where he's found another excuse to get shirtless and is using and his shirt as a pillow for the, Ange. Um, the old uh, what's it called you know sucking out the poison, which is not which, how you want to do that, and anyway. also doesn't work at all. No. Um. But, so now they're both poisoned, and he runs off back to his weirdly well prepared, like house cave he's fort. been there a while like he's actually been there a while i just like that it has a he has like a gazebo set up inside the cave with a ceiling i'm like it's already a cave and of course he's he's stripped her again of course it also still kind of makes a little bit of sense because she, the she got I, very muddy i guess well and it's probably soaked Oh, yeah, that, that's a good point, actually. Probably that was not doing her any favors. Which is also probably why he, he took it off her in the first place. But it also doesn't do you a whole lot of favors when that's why somebody wakes up. At least he didn't, he didn't tie her up this time. Yes. And then we get this weird flashback of him with, apparently, his parents... His parents are dead. Um, dead yeah, and, and I just noticed how many partially dismembered are in, corpses are, are all the, around. They are in the rock. Because... What reasons? Okay, so and we see his mom is a paramail pilot because she's got that terrible flight outfit. So really quick, all men in this universe can use magic, right? They're supposed to be able to. Yes. What's Tusk's thing? I mean, do you want us to spoil that? It is kind of a big deal. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Especially since we're doing this one-off episode for the show, you can tell me off the mics if I remember. Yeah, Tusk has a deal. Yeah, okay. there is a deal there. For some strange reason, he's here on this battlefield. And we see the captain, also in a flight outfit, kind of walking Before towards him she through was the fire captain. and flames. And behind her uh, Vil- is Vilkus. And she's missing an arm, which is the arm that we know she's missing from later on. In, in the future, which is the present. In the present, yes. He does put a shirt on her before she wakes up, so that's nice, I guess. I always kind of got the feeling that the first time around, like, he got her out of the water and all that. And was in the process of making sure she was restrained, and then she just happened to wake up? Well, I also got kind of got the feeling that he was going to do the whole put a shirt on her and everything beforehand. It was and just then bad just timing. And just kind of fell asleep. Oh, that might explain why he was on the bed randomly, actually. So she wakes up, and Tusky's like, hey, don't strain yourself. You'll probably still be numb, even though I sucked at the poison. Especially because that doesn't do anything. <laughs> Um, I did make sure you didn't die of exposure, though. I like the animation on Ange as she's sitting up. Yeah, because she's all woozily. It's particularly well done. And I do like his responses. Like, he's he's kind of frustrated and angry. He's like, I don't do anything to paralyzed girls. And he brings her some soup. He's like, here, eat it. She's like, what is it? He's like, food. When is the last time you ate? 
And she's like, I don't want any of your weird food. He's like, what would I have to slip you here in the forest? And, you know, you were poisoned. What am I, I already saved your life. What am I going to do? And so he feeds her. And apparently it's not bad. Uh, and she says, yuck. But then asks for more. So, And he's like, yeah, it's snake soup. And she gets to have another reaction of, oh, God, why did you tell me that? Okay, so really quick, I was like staring at Tusk. I'm like, he doesn't look like a Kiriyamato. And then I pulled up pictures of both of them. Yeah, and they're like, aside from their hairstyle, they're they're basically the like. And I our guess style's a little different. Tusk has a longer face, but yeah, they're very, very actually. Similar. Tusk, especially if you look at Destiny Kira, Tusk actually looks like Kira having a couple of years on. Actually, which given isn't Kira supposed to be fourteen? Some we decided at some point. Um, but like his res- <laughs> he asks on you know I would please not hit me, shoot me, or hang me anymore. He says I'll consider it. And she's like, hey, you say you, you suck the poison out, like, from my thigh, with your mouth. Then she gets pissed off and, and bites, bites him. him. And she says, you didn't say I can bite you. That wasn't in the contract. I'm a literal genie. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back and uh, to them refueling the plane they're using to search for Ange. And Hilda walks up and it's like, hey, I'd to mom and it's like hey i don't know when you're trying to save that bitch and he's like i don't know like someone needs to be a friend or she's not gonna warm up to anyone also she reminds me of how you used to be it was like what no baka don't be stupid i like how <laughs> there's like in the background they're talking about like crack like, babble well, no it's Bas- like it's like loading crackers and stuff on board yeah Ma- mom gives uh hilda a speech basically of acceptance and all that kind of stuff and Hilda is very uh, cindery about everything. Meanwhile, back on a- Island Chateau. Tusk is sleeping under a tree outside while Andre is still sleeping in his bed. So really quick, coming back to the Kira age thing. He was 15 when the show started and 16 when the show ended. So he's 18 in Destiny? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think he- that's how old Tusk is, is supposed to be because I know Andre is 16. Yeah, he had a birthday somewhere in there that they didn't celebrate the assholes. Well, Flay didn't know. It's also possible that his birthday passed while he was technically dead. I was going to say, I oh, like yeah, that yeah. idea. <laughs> so he had his birthday with Flay. Or with Lacus. Lacus. I, I like the idea of Lacus celebrating no, that's with what him I meant, unconscious yeah. and somehow just knowing. <laughs> Pink Chan, bring the cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I did mean Lacus, definitely. Um, man, that's a cool looking dragon. And then we get the eye catch. Which is that's a I, good really eye cool. catch. Yeah, I didn't notice it the first time we were watching. That's a good eye catch. Hey everyone, I'm gonna keep it actually short this week, despite the fact that I say that every week and then never do. Thanks for listening to this, our second episode of It's a Gundam Gaiden Sunrises Gilligan Island. Thanks for listening. Cross Ange is a wild ride, guys. I still haven't gotten around to watching it even now. I think we mentioned in this episode that we actually put out War for Two the week that we recorded this, so if that gives you a timeline for how far in the future present past this episode is. Hey, also, this is the first Gundam that's gone up since we launched the Patreon, and I just want to say thanks to all of you who gave us money and all of you who might in the future, and if you're never gonna, I really appreciate you listening anyway. We also mentioned this at the end of the episode, but I figure I'll catch you now to make this mid-spot useful at all. We are doing our seed wrap-up in two weeks, 
So this is about the last chance you'll get to ask any more questions, any more burning curiosities, get them out of your system now, because we're definitely never ever going to do another Q&A ever again. But in all likelihood, we're actually probably not going to do one for a while after this one coming up, unless there's like weirdly popular demand for it. Anywho, after that montage of ambiguous length of time, I'm going to let you get back to another montage of ambiguous length of time. And when we kept back, Tusk is on the beach with a toolbox fixing the villains. He's got a couple of toolboxes. So Anj comes out, plops down, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, uh, fixing it. And she's like, you can, you have a PhD in that? It's like, eh, you know, sometimes they just, like, wash it up. That's it's a fine. plausible excuse. And I thought that's actually going to be his excuse until later in this episode, where it makes a lot more sense why you can do this. And so she asks him, why don't you use mana to get it? And why don't you use it to do everything else? And he's like, my eyes are shimmering. How do you know all of this? And who are you, really? And he's like, dramatic pause. Hey, I'm Tusk. <laughs> he's very happy. Like, he's got a smile on his face. Hi, like, I'm Tusk. He's like, that is not what I was asking. He's like, the Technobabble circuit is frying the ion morphs. <laughs> <laughs> but once we fix it, the radio will work. So you can call for help. And she's like, hey, don't bother. No one would come for me anyway. But they would come for this expensive piece of salvage. Probably. Actually, yes. We already know they will. Because they're already looking for her. She doesn't know that, though. No. And Tusk's like, hey, you want to be my secret island girlfriend and just live here? <laughs> I won't do any stink strange. I will find some more snakes, though. I mean, bad things are going to happen. I'm g- my face is going to end up in your crotch, but... <laughs> that, that's, that's just a consequence of accidents. It'll only be 25% on purpose. So then we get a image song and a montage that really makes me wonder how long Anj is on this island. Yeah, it is really weird. <laughs> well, there is a great bit where we see him tied up with a slap across his face, so we don't even know how it happened. It is odd because like it seem makes it seem like she's on this island for weeks, but it's also kind of implied that she's not there that long. So, so they go fishing. He catches the same kind of uh, fish that Suzaku did in the previous episode. Yep. No, I mean this is uh, generic island fish. What were uh, what were Atherin and Kigali eating? Just rations? Yeah, yeah they, they were had just- rations. Yeah, they didn't bother to do any kind of, like, fishing or anything like yeah, that. So, they so, came prepared. Ange puts up a... Tent around a, the bed? Yeah, basically she divides the house into, um, or I guess the cave into two halves. And I guess we found out Tusk can't read English, because it says Anja's area in English. Well, and I, they, I think... <laughs> and appara- we, we also discovered that Anja's apparently a poor enough cook that she manages to make a grenade. Turns out she actually has mana, but it only manifests when cooking. She's very violent. I've always, <laughs> I, I mean, I know what you're talking about when you were saying that, you know, uh, Tusk can't read because she puts up the sign that says Anja's area. I always figured that was more of like the Japanese thing because she introduces herself at the end. So like, it's kind of a situation where he knows her name because that's what she put there, but she'd never formally introduced herself. I, you know, I read it as he didn't, he had no idea what her name was, so. I do like Tusk diving on her when yeah. she makes her grenade through, and of course, he ends up in her crotch somehow. Well, after her panties fall off in the food explosion, she wastes more valuable ammo. So I love this scene. We get like, the, you know, the generic shower scene of Anj. She's in the same waterfall that Colin, Colin was. Expects Tusk to show up in. You know, yeah, no, do the anything. anime trope. Instead, she walks by and sees Tusk bathing in a pool, and he does the dramatic hair flip, and I love that so much. 
and he's cl- like he notices her there and clearly doesn't care. I just so. I just, like, every single anime ever, it's always, like, the guy walks past the girl, and then she gets all embarrassed. Instead, she walks by and sees Tuss doing the glorious hair flip, and I just, it's so good. Anyway, at the end of, maybe this is just the end of the second day, she's like, man, this guy's really cool. And she actually looks, like, happy to, like, help him? Which I assume is, like, a major character twist, for maybe not twist, a turnaround for her. It is basically a turnaround, because up to this point, she's been very cold and kind of a bitch to everybody. Not her school friends, but that's the very beginning of the series. She plays space polo. Yes. And although, there was one thing that I I kind of forgot about, is that she has her her gun and her knife on her at all times, and I do kind of like that about their uniforms and everything, but the rest of it, man, that... That doesn't make a lot of sense, but... So anyway, that night, they're hanging out, staring up at the stars. Tusk goes to grab her hand. She blushes, but doesn't stop him. Another talking about the stars, and was like, the stars are pretty, but you're prettier. And, and she's like, oh, no one was brave enough to say that to me in high school because I was a princess. <laughs> and then and they're... A bitch. And a bi- <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, they're about ready to kiss when Tusk's military training... Kick- I mean, uh, completely normal guy on an island training kicks in. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he actually has any military training. I mean, I feel like he does. We can have this argument later. Maybe. I don't remember, though. And Andre's confused. And searchlights start showing around. And they look up, and they see a bunch of helicopters with a the frozen dragon that they fought earlier airlifting it. They're somewhere. not technically helicopters. They are probably VTOLs, but they're not actually helicopters. They look more like Ospreys for modern day. And another dragon, a smaller one, shows up. Andre's pretty certain it's the one that dra- that downed her. And anyway, these VTOLs are so stupid that the dragon just does some circles <laughs> and they all shoot each other down. Because apparently they didn't teach the military how to not friendly fire. Well, given given the um like the setting and that it's kind of the utopia, I kinda would believe that these guys have very little actual training, so they kinda suck. Since all of the main combat stuff is being done by the Norma, so they don't actually really know what they're doing. Yeah, but they have nations and militaries, so... That is true. And, just... and like, these should be highly trained people, because they at least know... They're we- the, they don't, these things. They don't necessarily know what dragons are used for, but they know there's at least transport involved. That is true. So, the dragon that caused all, all the uh, gunships to shoot each other lands. His wings are messed up, so he can't really fly anymore. Uh, it is a schooner class, I believe, if I remember my <laughs> dragon classes from Cross Ange correctly. I think that's right. So, is there, like, a reason that the dragons all have, like, weird gem things in their foreheads? Is that a plot thing ever? It's, they don't all have gems in, the, in their forehead. There oh, are a couple well. of larger ones that don't. Uh, anyway, it's about, like, I guess bear size, maybe a little bit bigger than that. Yeah, I mean, certainly enough to to ruin your evening. Ruin your evening with your weird island boyfriend. So she takes out her gun and somehow still has bullets and starts unloading. But Tusk is like, no, you need more DACA. Well, and, and at that point, she doesn't have that. She only had goals. two. <laughs> or she hit it twice and then ran out. And he's like, how about my mech? And, but it's not fixed. He's like, fix it now. He's like, um, sure. sure okay. <laughs> I'll get right on that. And then the dragon awkwardly waddles off after them. <laughs> I love the animation on that. So Ange is like, you know what? Guns wouldn't do it. But how about my knife? Well, actually, I think it's more a matter of, I don't have any other gun. Yeah. I have a knife. Yeah, no, I'm sure it's just like, this is my last resort. I just... I do really like that it's kind of a role reversal here, where she's like, hey, you fix it, I'm going to tank. 
and she does like a last stand moment with her knife. Like she's got the knife out in front of her. Does a little bit of knife combat, knife versus uh, dragon. She combat. did bring a knife to a dragon fight, and Tusk and, throws her a rifle. Which I'm not I sure if that was, was in the Vilkis or not. I think I, it. I think it was. No, actually, we know it was in there. We know. Okay. We, there was a. There's a shot earlier in the series where she's using it. She just wasn't carrying it around with her on the island. I mean, that make it does make sense. As you say, I know we see them use these sorts of weapons at times. So. She starts assault rifling, which is better. It makes more bloody holes on the stomach, but it's still not really stopping it. Yeah, Thankfully, she can animate jump out of the way of stuff. But then she gets tail swiped. And lands right her next knife. to her knife. I like that the dragon is, like, fork-tongued. That's cool. Or right as the dragon's about to eat some Ange breakfast, Tusk almost finishes fixing the Vilcus. And, and then some weird stuff happens. Rings- we get close up on Ange's cool green ring that they let her keep in prison. And it starts glowing, and then the Vilcus just points its giant gun at the dragon and the, starts firing. The Vilcus seems to activate and opens fire. And blood is pouring everywhere, because Crossange is nothing if not gratuitous. Yeah, I was going to say, this dragon is full of so much blood. And so Ange grabs her knife and starts uh, going, Uses the opportunity. going psycho on it. The dragon is well dead at this point. She is just mountains of blood. Mountains. And Tusk eventually like grabs her hands like, hey, he's dead. <laughs> she dead. Spoilers. Maybe it's because I'm trying to explain the whole thing. I've always kind of explained her uh, reaction as just adrenaline. Yeah, so weirdly, Ange just like runs her hands up her chest and then starts like rubbing her shoulders. The weird thing about it is she starts blushing at the same time, and I don't... I've always thought of it as being like endorphin slash adrenaline at surviving a certain death encounter, but I've never been in that situation, so I couldn't tell you one way or the other if that's actually something that could okay. happen. She definitely looks like her. she's writhing, because we get this awkward close-up of her thighs and lower butt. Yeah, so maybe she just gets weird battle loss. Anyway, let's go back to the important thing really quick. Has anything like with the ring and the suit happened yes. before? Okay. That is something that was earlier on, where it went from being... Basically a piece of junk to being the Vilcus that we're familiar with now. Did I mean, did it, like, fix itself or something, or did it just, like, start working better? Uh, kinda. I mean, I guess I could just go back and watch the first, what, four episodes? There aren't that many. So they float the dragon corpse, still bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> and they kind of reflect that, hey, it just tried to help its friend. And that's like, they must have wanted to go to their world together. We do know that the dragons come out of portals. Oh, that's cool. Portal dragons. And also the Vilcus is still like in arm extended rifle position from earlier. It didn't like fall over or anything. So he's like, yeah, we gotta go. What's your plan? Because the forest is on fire given the... um. Now as a result, Tusk is like, we should maybe get out of here. What's she gonna do, man? Although, I mean, they could probably just wait 20 minutes and it'll start raining given how often it's rained <laughs> on the island already. I think he's more afraid someone's going to come find them. He's like, hey, you could come for me. I mean, you're violent, but you're also pretty cute and gorgeous, which is good enough for me. <laughs> which I, is actually... I've seen you naked, and I did stuff to you. and So, yeah, I should take responsibility and make you a proper woman. And all that, I, like, Anja's just staring, not doing anything. And I kind of get the feeling that he's trying to... And a lot of that trying to poke her to get a reaction. Yeah, no, it. I'm like, sure that's part it's, of it. It's not actually like, hey, I do this stuff because I... Because all this kind of stuff. It's you're you're really weirdly focused on that dragon. Um please say something. The radio on the Vilkis starts going up, and Vivian's like, Hey, Ange, are you there? You have to tell me if you're a cop or dead. <laughs> if you're dead, please respond and say so. Tusk is what? And so she jumps up and is like, Hey, I'm not dead. <laughs> are you not a ghost? 
like, please rescue me. I don't know how long you've been on this island. It's very ambiguous. I think it's only two days, actually. I think it's two or three days. Yeah, like the montage made it feel longer, but I think it's actually only two days, which means the very first thing Ange did in that cave that evening was hang up the divider. So Ange tells Tusk that she's going to go back because she doesn't like taking things lying down, and she has no way, nowhere else to go, really. And she's also like, "Uh, thank you for helping me not die. I wish I could come with you, but I've decided I like capitalism. Also, by the way, <laughs> nothing happened between us. She says, and she grabs him and threatens violence. She's like, there's no seeing or sucking or landing. <laughs> Forget any of this happened. And then she immediately goes from threatened mode to, like, nice mode. And then she's like, by the way, my name is Ange. Somehow we didn't do that over the course of the past well, two days. Because she's kind of a bitch, remember? <laughs> anyway, he runs away and she's like, what a weirdo, as she's smiling. <laughs> and Vivian does what we know is already her thing of, of pop, random pop quizzes that aren't really quizzes. I love that every time she opens her mouth, the lollipop is, like, there hovering. It should fall out in every scene. I, it's great. <laughs> and right, So right after that, we get a view of uh, Tusk at some graves with a couple of duffel bags and what looks like Kevlar. Like, it looks like a combat vest. Well, the graves all have, like, uh, military helmets on top of them. And he also has a motorcycle that looks like the uh, paramail, although it is not transforming. And there's a picture of his mom and presumably his dad. And him. And him. And I he... do really like his bike. And so so mom gives Anj food and the fact that Anj responds. And says thank you, specifically. And she's like, hey, Vivian, do you have those weird, ugly, cute mascots that you made? Like, I have nothing in my cockpit, and I don't know how you hang something in these cockpits that transform and are open air, but I'd like to. And she's like, are you okay? They're like on the handlebars. Are you okay if it smells like curry? And Anne just says, no. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so that's Cross Anne, the second weirdest of the shows we're going to (laughs) watch. I think it's probably the weirdest of, of a lot, but maybe that's because I've I haven't seen the last one. Spoilers. I've been rewatching Buddy Complex. Is that a spoiler? Mishandled. I thought we explained up front that was the thing. Eh, sometimes you can spoil things you've already spoiled. Uh, So, man, this is a show. What's weird about this is that it's very stupid and extremely cheesecakey, but for some reason, I still want to watch it now. I mean, it's not the worst. It's not a robot show. I mean, there have been other shows that. I specifically watched because I read the Netflix review and it was like Uber Cheesecake and I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> Wait, um, is that Nunnally? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it might as well be. <laughs> Look, Anj and uh, Lelouch definitely bond over their wheelchair-bound siblings in Super <laughs> Robot Wars X. I do still love how in Super Robot Wars X, Lelouch shows up to help Anj with something and is just like, wow. I really wish I'd set the timers on those bombs for less so we wouldn't have to listen to you prattle. <laughs> and also, the thing about this show, one of the weirder things about this show is there's only one decent male character in it. Yep. Poor Salia. All she Poor wants is Salia. a boyfriend. It's all and she to, wants. And to be a magical girl. Well, yes, but everyone wants that, Zach, in their hearts. <laughs> no, that's true. The, who's Salia? Uh, she's the captain. The oh, blue, okay. She's blue the blue-haired hair. chick. Gotcha. Yeah, she relieves her stress by cosplaying as a magical girl. <laughs> yes, she does. And okay, Anj no, fi- I think you mentioned this. Anj at some finds point. out about it and just does not care. 
Uh, so yeah, that's cross engine. I feel like we should rate that episode. We do high points, low points, and that stuff. I, yeah, that's the thing we do on this show. Yeah. So Tyler, high point. Ooh man, there are a lot of good ones. I'm trying to like maybe a specific scene out of the montage. I think my favorite though is just Tuscan timeout in the Vine Cocoon. Is <laughs> pretty good. Zach, uh, I'm I'm kind of with Tyler. There's a lot of good ones. I I think though I really like the animation for most of Anja's com like combat actions. So that beginning one where she knees him in the face and kicks him over the uh, bed before breaking it. I really like that moment, but I don't know if I'd say it's the high point. The animation is really good there. It looks pretty realistic, even. Probably the Vilkus activating to save Anj. I really like that part as well. Especially because it starts to get into implying other things for the for later on in the series. I think for me it's probably the whole montage. Like that it starts with Tusk with a slap mark. And then like that <laughs> explosion when she's trying to make soup. Oh, that is great. Yeah. yeah, no, that montage is fantastic. I was like wondering if a specific scene out of it because there are like two. Definitely her hanging the curtain randomly. <laughs> Just where did she get the materials for that? Why? Where? Given how much stuff he has in there? I believe it easily. Well, it turns out he was hiding a bunker on the island. Low points. Ah, man. I'm not sure if this is a low point with this episode or just the entire show, but man, there's so much fan service in this. That's the entire show. That's Jesus. Kind of entire okay, show. so that doesn't count then. Um, I was going to say the flight suit. No, that's also the Although it does kind of get a little bit better since the some of the other ones don't have quite as much fan service in there. It's A lot of it's not really treated as fan service. It just kind of is. Which I guess is part of fan service, but um, I mean this isn't even the this isn't even the uh, swimsuit episode, which is a different episode. Yeah, beach escape, or is it swimsuit escape? <laughs> swimsuit escape. No, it's bikini escape. Yeah, it's bikini it's, escape. It. Yep, I remember seeing that on the uh, list of title cards. Okay, so after some deliberation, because there's actually not a lot of wasted screen time in this episode. I think probably my downside or the my low point is uh, how easily those gunships got folded into shooting <laughs> each other down. Because yeah. that was, I would have taken the dragon to hit them or literally anything. Yeah, like if the dragon was on one of them and then exactly. there was crossfire. Yeah, but it, like, the dragon's like, do a barrel roll. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, I think I'd have to probably go with the whole sucking out the poison because. I mean, yeah, that is a colloquial and kind of like an urban legend type of situation, and it's used in a lot of fiction, but especially because we've already seen a lot of the whole fan service thing go into it, I don't think it really had a good position here. You could have easily used something else. Yeah, it mostly just seemed redundant. She needed to be in a life-threatening situation so that he could save her again. Um, It just seemed redundant because we already basically got that same scene in the opening. At the beginning, and then yeah. there's an- and then- er- an- very shortly after it, too. Yeah, I think mine on a similar vein is that weird writhing she does after she kills the dragon. It just is really oddly sexual to me. Yeah, I think it's kind of supposed to be as well. It's Yeah, weird, I consider that one. And... My problem is, like, I don't know if there's, like, something more going on with that, I mean, so maybe it's not I don't a remember. Th- I Ange think... getting off on violence does fit with my picture of the character, but that's not, like, an established trait now or later. It's never really established within the character. Um, this is really the only instance that we see of something close to that. I mean, she is a fairly violent character, but almost every instance that we see of her using violence against actual people, it's justifiable. Except Tusk. Well, I can see her justifying it, <laughs> but true. I mean, like, she, and she wasn't actually trying to kill him. 
when she's using lethal violence against people, which we see her do quite a bit. Although, granted, it is usually against one particular person. And that dude sucks. And for reasons, it doesn't stick, and it's always justified, so... Yeah, shitty Milliard of Priestcraft. He's right up there. Yeah. Okay, so shall we put the Vilkis on our list of mobile suits? I kind of wish it got more screen time in this episode, but it didn't. All right, so the Vilkis is 100% based on the freedom. I don't know how you don't see it, Tyler. I don't see it. Uh, maybe it's just because I haven't seen it in action, really, or standing at all. Except in the opening. Yeah, except in the opening. There's not a lot of it. So I think we should yeah. start with the freedom, which is our number one. And I don't think it's as good as the freedom. It gets hurt a lot, honestly, for me, by it being CGI all the time. It just doesn't look as good because of that. But also, I don't think the color balance is quite as good. And I like some of the extra bulk on the freedom. I personally, I really like the Vilkas. And this is actually, I think, the only instance of one of those... Uh, transforming type mobile suits that i actually really like i like because it's a motorcycle (laughs) well it's because it's so simple like a lot of the problems i have like with the wing is there's a lot of rotation and like manipulating and it's like it's like takes 15 minutes to transform but i also i like the the slim frame on the vilkis as well as the fact that it's got the whole knight white knight motif going on with it especially because it contrasts later things in the series besides shoulder cannons yeah, but the Freedom also has shoulder cannons, and I like the shoulder cannons on the Freedom more. And I, like I've said a thousand times, I love the wings on the Freedom. And the Vilkuses are very, very similar, but they don't ha- quite have the like modularity that the Freedoms do, which is really what puts it over for me. No, I, I think they're very comparable designs. I get you. I, I just, I love the Vilkus. I like it a little bit more than the Freedom, I personally think. Partly because of I know everything Vilkus can do, and I don't really want to bring all it's that It's straight in, up Guren Lagan by the end of it. <laughs> since nice. Vilkus is actually kind of a super robot as opposed to a real robot, like the Freedom and everything else we have on our list. Um... It gets superpowers. Some of two minds on this, because I also like the thin frame on it and the fact that it's got like all these golden highlights. That said, um, I do actually think that the color balance isn't as good, and I do also like the bulk of the freedom. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with the freedom still as number one, but it is going to be hard for me not to put this at number two, I think. So our current number two is the Justice. Okay, well. um, (laughs) I definitely prefer Vilkus to the Justice. Um, hell, I prefer the Enryugo to the Justice, but that's the, for other reasons. The, the Justice is Atherin's second suit, yeah. right? The, the problem with the Justice is it looks too bulky with the backpack and way too Spider-Man slim with, without it. it. I like its double-bladed lightsaber. I like but... that. I like the shoulder. Like They're very small shoulder cannons, but I like those. I do like that as a detachable backpack. Um, even, if the, even if the backpack makes it look weird? Yeah. I like or that. Without. I think that's a cool gimmick. I I just I like it. I like the Vilkus because of everything it can do. I do like the Paramail's uh, like freeze bullets, which are really neat. They're a neat concept, but they are also kind of silly. So <laughs> I feel like this show is just kind of silly. I I might have to give it to the Vilkus on this just because it looks so cool. I like the Vilkus a lot. I don't want to split up the Freedom and the Justice, but if you guys want to put the Vilkus at number two, I'm not going to complain. Oh, yeah, I would. But... Are we going to get the Strike Freedom at number three and have a top free of Freedom? <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. We might. We might. D- does Vilkus mean Freedom or something? I don't remember. It's ju- it's, it's so the Freedom. It's, it's just heavily modeled after the yeah. Freedom. Yeah, that's fair. Like, and the Enryugo is also pretty heavily modeled after the just although i i think that one's less obvious because it's much closer to the other paramail so it ends up looking to me more like the freedom actually 
I I can definitely it definitely is based on the justice, especially that shield. But yeah, the, the shield it's um it's big cannon, which is also very similar to something that the justice carries for a while, and it's it's bulkier than most of the other ones. So the Vilkis will go at number two above the justice and below the freedom, splitting up our favorite boys. Well, I mean, I'm just good at that, I guess. All right. So next week we are going to finish Sunrise Presents. Gilligan's Island. Just, just a three-hour tour. Was uh, it a six-hour tour? I don't know. <laughs> what? No. The, epi- the episode description number six is, after being mobilized, the Cygnus and the coupling valancers are no longer a secret. In order to defend their existence against outraged politicians, a film crew arrives to make a promotional video to rally oh, popular support. I is it Stormy Night? Yeah, yeah. Alba finally gets some time to talk to Hina, but as they try to survive the night on the island, they crash landed on. He has a frustrating time trying to get through to her. Yes. Dio worries about Alba and decides to, to search him while Bison tries to search Hina. I think there are some missing prepositions here. Yes, there are. So we are going to end this with Buddy Complex, a series I'm only familiar with from Super Robot Wars X. Episode 8, Stormy Night. That is, that is which, a title. Which I, mean, I think is the most similar to War for Two. I haven't watched it, so I don't know. No, it definitely is. This one uh, for Cross Angels much more much different than the other ones yes it takes I, place I'd on say, the same island but it's more a matter of introducing tusk and kind of giving on a little bit more character development i feel like the one in code Geass is pretty different too but i guess it also at the end of the day is about the two sides getting to meet each other it's just you got two, that happening twice in parallel yeah, yeah i feel like cross range is actually kind of the outlier because it's just introducing a new character yeah and it like i said it also is giving on a good chunk of character development all right, so next week we will do Putty Complex. If you have any questions for our Gundam Seed wrap-up episode, that will be two weeks from now. So please send them in. You can use our Discord, Gundam at LastTimeOnVideoGames.com, or leave a comment on our website, LastPodcast.com, and we will discuss those. All right, so that should do it. We will see you next week. Bye. Thanks, Ursha. <gasps> I sucked out the poison. This has been a Last Podcast production, copyright 2019. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm concerned that it's not in your mouth.